Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Today um, marks the end of a 10-week series where we've been looking at uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians that you find in the New Testament. Uh, And it's only a short letter. It's only like two pages long, two and a half pages long. But what we have discovered is that is absolutely rammed full of truth and encouragement. And so the question that I've been asking is like, how are we going to finish this series? We're going to move on and look at some other things next week, but, but what are we going to do to finish? You know, we've heard so much from, from Paul's encouragement. Things like he's encouraged us to shine like stars in a warped and crooked generation. His encouragement to pursue unity, to, to live content, uh, to, to have no peace instead of knowing anxiety. We've heard Paul's um, perspective on life that for him to live is Christ and to die is gain. We've, we've heard his wisdom about filling our minds with things that are true and lovely and pure and admirable. There's been so much that Paul has said in such a short space of time. And so I've been asking God, like, okay, what is it that you want to say to us as we end this series as we move on to other things in a few weeks time what do you want us to to remember that is going to be a springboard to us remembering everything and what I believe God wants to highlight to us uh, today is not something that Paul spoke about in his closing remarks but is actually something that we kind of skipped over a little bit that Paul wrote to the Philippians about halfway through in his letter. You can find it in chapter 3, verses 10 to 14. And Paul says to them this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize to which God has called us heavenwards in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And as we come to the end of this letter and this series, I believe God wants to reiterate this to us. Keep going. Keep going. Keep moving forward. You are not at the finishing line yet. Keep going. Keep going. There is a prize for you at the end. Keep going. You know, Paul, as we've seen in in previous weeks, has had this radical encounter with Jesus that totally changed his life. And when he met Jesus, his eyes were opened to the fact that salvation, eternity, uh, forgiveness, acceptance, uh, relationship with a, a holy God has all been made possible by a gift of God through faith and belief in the death and resurrection of Jesus so that no one can boast. Uh, Up until this moment, 
Paul had been spending his life pointing to his own credentials, believing that he could gain salvation through his own effort or his life circumstances. And he pointed to the fact that he was an Israelite. He was part of God's people. He pointed to the fact that he knew Scripture better than anyone else. He pointed to the fact that he kept God's laws better than anyone else and as a result was more morally pure than anyone else. But when he encountered Jesus, instead of pointing to what he had done, he spends the rest of his life pointing to what Jesus had done to make it possible for him to have eternal life. As I said A few weeks ago when I spoke, Paul came to live with this kind of view of life that could be summed up in this way. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. By which I mean salvation. There there is nothing you can do to add to what Jesus has done on the cross to gain salvation and eternal life. So on the face of it then, the verses that we've, we've just looked at, that we've just read... Uh, seem to suggest that they, they don't quite tally with that. It, it seems to suggest that Paul is, is, hasn't arrived at his goal yet, is straining towards what is ahead, pressing on to, to win a prize. That sounds like a contradiction to all of what else he said. I, I mean, whatever happened to Jesus plus nothing equals everything? Sounds like... Paul is advocating kind of working to gain something by his own efforts. Uh, Let me reiterate, there is nothing you can do to earn salvation. Uh, That is all through repentance and belief in what Jesus has done on the cross. God, God accepts you and you have an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade that is kept for you in eternity. But this life is not over yet. And Paul understood and what he came to realize that was true for him and is true for all of us is that God's desire is that none of us would stay as we are, but that all of us would keep moving forward in becoming more and more like Jesus. Charles Spurgeon, who as a great preacher in the 19th century, explains it in this way. He says, so far as acceptance is concerned, a Christian is complete in Christ as soon as he believes. Uh, that's, that's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's why Paul was able to say that all his efforts to gain salvation through his own works, he, he counts as rubbish. But then Spurgeon goes on to say, but while the work of Christ for us is complete, that of the Holy Spirit in us is not complete, but is continually carried on from day to day. He goes on to say that the condition that every Christian should be found in is progress. In other words, is, is moving forward, is pressing on towards a goal, is, is forward momentum towards a finishing line. So Paul is able to say on the one hand, I consider all my efforts to gain salvation rubbish. 
But on the other hand, in terms of knowing Christ, of sharing in his sufferings, becoming more like him, I'm not fully there yet. That is now the goal of my life, the the prize that I'm straining towards with with the help of the Holy Spirit in me. He knows that his life is going to end one day. And everything he is doing and everything that he's giving himself towards is focused on that moment when he goes from this life to the next and crosses the finishing line and meets Jesus face to face and hears the words, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, there's a prize waiting for you. And the Bible says very clearly that that prize isn't just eternal life. There are rewards for you in heaven based on how you live your life and the degree to which you spend yourself pursuing Jesus and wanting to become more like him. To the Corinthian church, uh, Paul, he once wrote this. Do you not know... That in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You know, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples one time, and just after he's, he said to them, you know, God the Father sees what you do in secret, and will reward you, he goes on to say this, do not store up treasure for yourself on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Yes, it's true that salvation is assured, but there is still training and effort and discipline involved in the life of a Christian. There is still straining towards a finish line and a prize and a crown and treasure for you in heaven. Paul says, in terms of knowing Jesus fully, sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him, he's not there yet. He hasn't been made perfect. He's still on the journey towards it. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, he says. It's in the distance. And so what is his plan to win the prize? Uh, Well, he says this. One thing I do... Forgetting what is behind. Uh, One thing Paul does in order to strain towards the the finishing line is he forgets what is behind him. You know, in our race towards the finishing line, there are things to remember and there are things to forget. Uh, When Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, he reminds them that there are things to remember, good things. He says to them, remember that at one time you were separated from God. Remember that you are alienated from him. Remember that you are without hope and without God in the world. There are things to remember in our past that will humble us and and remind us of the grace of God in our lives and in so doing as we remember them will spur us on towards the finishing line. He's not advocating forgetting everything. 
But there are also things that it is worth forgetting. Things that Paul says that are behind us. Things that are going to distract us if we try and keep going forward whilst looking over our shoulder. For Paul, some of those things that he is forgetting are his credentials that he used to live with in order to gain salvation. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the people of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrew. As for the law, I was, Pharise- I was a Pharisee. I was brilliant at it. As for uh, zeal, persecuting of the church, I was passionate about keeping God's laws. As for, as for um, righteousness based on the law, he said faultless. Faultless. But he counts it all as loss, Paul says. He's forgetting it all. Why? Well, A, because those things he came to recognize don't actually work. But, but B, because he knows that pride was linked to those things. He used them to get a sense of superiority over others. His, his credentials inflated his ego. And if he was to continue to pursuing Jesus, those things had no place in his life. He leaves those feelings of of status and and earthly kind of benefits that are attached to them behind in order to keep running forward. And for all of us, there are things that we we cling to that are behind us to to gain status, respect, honor, sometimes with God, but more often than not with with other people. And, And Paul says, forget all of that. Forget trying to be better than other people. Forget trying to make a name for yourself. It will trip you up and slow you down. It will distract you in your pursuit of knowing Christ and becoming like him. You know, the, the writer to the, to the Hebrews uh, that we read in the Bible, he highlights the extent of what we should forget in order to focus on running towards the prize. He puts it like this. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What should we forget that's behind us as we press on towards the goal, the finishing line? Everything that will hinder our progress which includes sin that so easily entangles us. Often when we become a a follower of Jesus, we we come with so much baggage. You know, sin, shame, guilt, regret, insecurities, failures. And we try and press on in following Jesus whilst at the same time kind of carrying everything from our past. And those things are going to They're going to slow us down. You know, in the Bible, God says to his people, which includes us, he says to them one time, I will remember your sins no more. You know, that that is such a comforting verse for me. I, I love it. On the cross, Jesus dealt with all of our past failures and gave us a fresh start. And and now he says, I have forgotten. Everything that is behind you and what I want you to do is I want you to forget it too. You know, that's sometimes more harder than we think it is going to be. But don't, 
keep chewing over your mistakes. He wants us to run unhindered, free from our past, in order to press on towards our future in him and the prize that he has for us. You know, for some of us, you know, here today, it's time to forget the things that are behind you. It's time to hear God say to you, I remember your sins no more. And I want you to not remember them either as you press on towards the goal to win the prize. And so Paul says that he's forgetting what is behind, but then he says that he is straining towards what is ahead. He doesn't say forgetting what is behind and casually strolling towards what is ahead. This is not some kind of walk in the park. He says he's straining. The word means to force a part of your body to make a strenuous and continuous effort towards something. Uh, the, the analogy Paul uses is of a, of a runner uh, running towards a goal to win the prize. It's intentional and it involves effort. And yes, it can feel like hard work at times. You know, I've, I've never been particularly sporty. I've dabbled in a few sports in my time, including running a little bit. And I do say just a little bit. And there's some things that I've learned about strenuous exercise in the process. You know, firstly, half the battle is just getting off the sofa and getting out the front door. You know, sometimes everything in me knows that I should that a run will be good for me, but I lack the motivation to get my trainers on. Now, this is particularly true if I haven't got a goal that I'm aiming towards. And this can happen in our, in our Christian lives as well. It's easy to accept Christ's gift of salvation to us and then just kind of settle down and, and get comfortable in our Christian lives. Wait for eternity. You know what's interesting in the pandemic is that even though I've had more evenings free than any time in a number of years, the number of hours and, and miles that I've clocked up in cycling and running is at an all-time low. I seem to have lost sight of, of a goal. I've lost motivation to keep going over these last few months. I believe... That for some of us, over the last 18 months, we've experienced this in our Christian lives as well. It might not have been an intentional decision, but motivation to run after Jesus has taken a dip. You've lost sight of the kind of goals that you're running towards. I believe God wants to say to some of us this morning, it's, it's time to get off the sofa and start running again in your Christian life. I want to remind you that there is a prize for you waiting at the end. I want, I want you to know me more. You know, half the battle at the moment is just to get off the sofa and start running after me again. And I believe God would want to say to some of us, I want you to win that battle and my Holy Spirit in you will help you. 
You know, secondly, if, if I do manage to get out the door after running a mile or two, uh, my body starts to hurt and everything in me says, just stop running. Your legs are hurting. It would be so much easier just to kind of ease back. Better still, stop altogether. If I'm on my own, that, that decision is much easier to make to stop running because no one else is looking. Again, this can often be the case with our Christian lives as well. When we first encounter Jesus, it's easy to put the trainers on and get out the front door and run hard after him to pursue him, to, to, to enjoy getting to know him, to share in his sufferings. It's all new for us. It's all exciting. It's, it comes quite easily to us when we first put our faith and trust in Jesus. But then a few years in, our legs start hurting. And it's like, you know, we hit some kind of wall in our Christian life. Life gets busy. We get hit by disappointment. Doubt creeps in. We start to feel tired. Maybe because of the circumstances of our lives, we, we start to feel pain. Maybe pain because of certain situations. Maybe pain because of what we're going through emotionally, mentally, physically. And everything in us is saying, just quit. Just, this is too hard. You know, when I'm out running or, or cycling, I, I am much more likely to have the stamina to keep going, even when I'm hurting, if I'm running or cycling with others. You know, when I go cycling with my brother, who is a bit of a, a machine, you know, Rather than me giving up when my legs are getting tired, what I do is I just tuck in behind him so that I can keep moving forward. You know, the Bible says to us, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, if you, if you try to press on towards the goal to win the prize on your own, the likelihood is that you will get tired in your Christian life. Doubt will creep in. At some point, uh, there's going to be pain that is going to cause you to start to ease up a little bit, to go from running to walking, and eventually, before you know it, you will sit down and stop running altogether. Let me encourage you, don't run alone. Don't run alone. Again, I, I think this is why this pandemic has, has slowed many of us down as, as we have been running in our Christian lives because it's not easy to run after God when you are isolated. You know, it makes us realize that community and friendship is really important. And it's very hard to run after God when you feel like this is all of a sudden an individual pursuit. It's not meant to be like that. Let me encourage you, run towards the finishing line with others. Run towards the line with friends, people that are going to spur you on. People that when you are struggling, you can just slipping behind them and let them do all the work so at least you can just continue to have some kind of forward momentum in your Christian life. 
Thirdly, I, I like to, I like to cycle. I, I like to run, um, you know, at my own pace. And I like to run with other people that run at my pace. I, I, I like that because it's comfortable. I, I know that I'm going to be able to keep up with everyone that is around me. But it's not always the best way to run. You know, unless you spend time with other people that are quicker than you, that are, are, are further ahead of you, you're never going to improve. You know, there's this guy called John Lunt. Hi, John, if you're watching. And he's this nutter of a cyclist. And, and one time I went out for a cycle with him, and we were going for going to go for about an hour or so. And, and just after, like five minutes into the run, I, to the cycle, I looked down, and we're going at 20 miles an hour. And I think to myself, this is way faster than I normally go. And so I, I come up behind John. I said, John, I don't normally cycle at this pace, hoping that he was going to say to me, oh, okay, we'll just slow down a bit. I'll go at your pace. But he didn't. He just said, well, Sometimes it's good to cycle with people that are quicker than you. And off he went. And I'm chasing after him. You know, the thing is, he's right. You know, as we strain towards what is head, towards the goal to win the prize in knowing Christ and becoming like him, don't just spend time with people that are kind of going at the same pace of you. Spend time with people that you admire, that have found something in God and are chasing after God in a, in a way that maybe you're not. It can sometimes be uncomfortable. It can be intimidating. But get alongside people that you admire, that are further ahead of you, because it will stretch you in your Christian lives. I have the privilege every Friday of, of praying with Terry Virgo, and we do as a team. And to begin with, it was a bit intimidating. But there's something about spending time with Terry in prayer that has stretched me and grown me and helped me pursue God more than I would have done had I not have spent time with him. Fourthly and finally, when I go running, my biggest battle is to keep going. The biggest battle I have is a battle of the mind. Even when my legs aren't hurting at all, there is this voice in my head that keeps saying, take a break, break, take a break. Why don't you slow down a bit? One, even better, why don't, you just, why don't you stop? You're not going to make it. It's too far for you. Look how far you've gone. Look how far it is until the finishing line. Just, just ease up a little bit. And the more I listen to those thoughts, the more I decide that those thoughts are probably right. Maybe I should take a break. I have discovered that I run better if I'm listening to music. Because the, the music drowns out those negative thoughts in my head that are trying to help me to stop. You know, the other day... I'm. I'm out running and I'm doing pretty well and all's going well. And then after a couple of miles or so, um, my headphones just stop working and, it, and the music stops. And it was like suddenly I became aware of pain and, and my head was saying, ah, you can't keep going. And the voices just grew louder and louder in my head. And I got my phone out. I'm trying to get it to connect again to my head, headset. And then the music starts and I, I'm off again. You know, in our Christian lives, be under no illusion that there is a battle for your mind. 
The enemy wants to do all that he can to make you stop. To stop you pursuing God and winning the prize. And it will be subtle. Because his tactics are. He'll try and distract you. He'll, he'll try and tell you that there's no harm in taking a break. He'll highlight where you're hurting. He'll tell you that you can't do it. He'll highlight to the fact of all the things that are behind you. He'll make you see how far the finishing line might be away. And he'll try and get you to stop. Do you know what the best thing is to drown him out? And to drown out the enemy's voice in our head, I found, is worship. It is filling our ears and our minds with the truth of what God has done for us. And that's exactly what we're going to do right now. You know, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, forgetting the things that I used to pride myself on and my ego, forgetting the sin and the things and the shame that entangled me, I press on towards the goal to win the prize to which God has called us heavenwards in Christ Jesus. God wants us to keep going, keep going. Forget what is behind you. There is a prize ahead of you. There is more for you. And as we bring this series to an end, and as before we move on, I believe God wants to say, keep going, keep going. Run with others. Fill your mind with my praise. Uh, I want to help you as you move forward to knowing me and as you move forward to the finishing line. We're not there yet. Keep going. Let's worship him for a bit. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.